0: Chapter Three of the Wide, Wide World. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bridget. The Wide, Wide World by Susan Warner. Chapter Three. The Worth of a Finger Ring. Ellen had to wait some time for the desired fine day. The equinoctial storms would have their way as usual, and Ellen thought they were longer than ever this year. But after many stormy days had tried her patience, there was at length a sudden change, both without and within doors. The clouds had done their work for that time, and fled away before a strong northerly wind, leaving the sky bright and fair. And Mrs. Montgomery's deceitful disease took a turn, and for a little space raised the hopes of her friends. All were rejoicing but two persons. Mrs. Montgomery was not deceived, neither was the doctor. The shopping project was kept a profound secret from him, and from everybody except Ellen. Ellen watched now for a favorable day every morning as soon as she rose she went to the window to see what was the look of the weather and about a week after the change above noticed she was greatly pleased one morning on opening her window as usual to find the air and sky promising all that could be desired it was one of those beautiful days in the end of september that sometimes herald october before it arrives cloudless brilliant and breathing balm this will do said ellen to herself in great satisfaction i think this will do i hope mamma will think so Hastily dressing herself, and a good deal excited already, she ran downstairs, and after the morning salutations examined her mother's looks with as much anxiety as she had just done those of the weather. All was satisfactory there also, and Ellen ate her breakfast with an excellent appetite, but she said not a word of the intended expedition till her father should be gone. She contented herself with strengthening her hopes, by making constant fresh inspections of the weather and her mother's countenance alternately and her eyes returning from the window on one of these excursions, and meeting her mother's face, saw a smile there which said all she wanted. Breakfast went on more vigorously than ever. But after breakfast it seemed to Ellen that her father would never go away. He took the newspaper, an uncommon thing for him, and pored over it most perseveringly, while Ellen was in a perfect fidget of impatience. Her mother, seeing the state she was in, and taking pity on her, sent her upstairs to do some little matters of business in her own room these ellen dispatched with all possible zeal and speed and coming down again found her father gone and her mother alone she flew to kiss her in the first place and then made the inquiry don't you think to-day will do mamma as fine as possible daughter we could not have a better but i must wait till the doctor has been here mamma said ellen after a pause making a great effort of self-denial i'm afraid you oughtn't to go out to get these things for me pray don't mamma if you think it will do you harm "'I would rather go without them. Indeed, I would. "'Never mind that, daughter,' said Mrs. Montgomery, kissing her. "'I am bent upon it. "'It would be quite as much of a disappointment to me as to you not to go. "'We have a lovely day for it, and we will take our time and walk slowly. "'And we haven't far to go either. "'But I must let Dr. Green make his visit first. "'To fill up the time till he came, "'Mrs. Montgomery employed Ellen in reading to her as usual. "'And this morning's reading Ellen long after remembered—' HER MOTHER DIRECTED HER TO SEVERAL PASSAGES IN DIFFERENT PARTS OF THE BIBLE THAT SPEAK OF HEAVEN AND ITS ENJOYMENTS, AND THOUGH, WHEN SHE BEGAN, HER OWN LITTLE HEART WAS FULL OF EXCITEMENT, IN VIEW OF THE DAY'S PLANS, AND BEATING WITH HOPE AND PLEASURE, THE SUBLIME BEAUTY OF THE WORDS AND THOUGHTS, AS SHE WENT ON, AWED HER INTO QUIET, AND HER MOTHER'S MANNER AT LENGTH TURNED HER ATTENTION ENTIRELY FROM HERSELF. Missus MONTGOMERY WAS LYING ON THE SOFA, AND FOR THE MOST PART LISTENED IN SILENCE, WITH HER EYES CLOSED but sometimes saying a word or two that made Ellen feel how deep was the interest her mother had in the things she read of, and how pure and strong the pleasure she was even now taking in them. And sometimes there was a smile on her face that Ellen scarce liked to see. It gave her an indistinct feeling that her mother would not be long away from that heaven to which she seemed already to belong. Ellen had a sad consciousness, too, that she had no part with her mother in this matter. She could hardly go on. She came to that beautiful passage in the seventh of Revelation— And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. FOR THE LAMB, WHICH IS IN THE MIDST OF THE THRONE, SHALL FEED THEM, AND SHALL LEAD THEM UNTO LIVING FOUNTAINS OF WATERS, AND GOD SHALL WIPE AWAY ALL TEARS FROM THEIR EYES. WITH DIFFICULTY AND A HUSKY VOICE, ELLEN GOT THROUGH IT. LIFTING THEN HER EYES TO HER MOTHER'S FACE, SHE SAW AGAIN THE SAME SINGULAR SWEET SMILE. ELLEN FELT THAT SHE COULD NOT READ ANOTHER WORD. TO HER GREAT RELIEF THE DOOR OPENED, AND DR. GREEN CAME IN. HIS APPEARANCE CHANGED THE WHOLE COURSE OF HER THOUGHTS. ALL THAT WAS GRAVE OR PAINFUL QUICKLY FLED AWAY. Ellen's head was immediately full again of what had filled it before she began to read. As soon as the doctor had retired, and was fairly out of hearing, "'Now, Mamma, shall we go?' said Ellen. "'You needn't stir, Mamma. I'll bring all your things to you and put them on. "'May I, Mamma? Then you won't be a bit tired before you set out.' Her mother assented, and with a great deal of tenderness and a great deal of eagerness, Ellen put on her stockings and shoes, arranged her hair, and did all that she could towards changing her dress." and putting on her bonnet and shawl, and greatly delighted she was when the business was accomplished. "'Now, Mama, you look like yourself. I haven't seen you look so well this great while.' "'I'm glad you're going out again,' said Ellen, putting her arms round her. "'I do believe it will do you good. Now, Mama, I'll go and get ready. I'll be very quick about it. You shan't have to wait long for me.' In a few minutes the two set forth from the house. The day was as fine as could be, there was no wind, there was no dust, the sun was not oppressive, and Mrs. Montgomery did feel refreshed and strengthened during the first few steps they had to take to their first stopping place. It was a jeweler's store. Ellen had never been in one before in her life, and her first feeling on entering was of dazzled wonderment at the glittering splendors around. This was presently forgotten in curiosity to know what her mother could possibly want there. She soon discovered that she had come to sell and not to buy. Mrs. Montgomery drew a ring from her finger, and, after a little chaffering, parted with it to the owner of the store for eighty dollars, being about three-quarters of its real value. The money was counted out, and she left the store. "Mamma," said Ellen, in a low voice, "'wasn't that Grandmamma's ring, which I thought you loved so much?' "'Yes, I did love it, Ellen, but I love you better.' "'Oh, mamma, I am very sorry,' said Ellen. "'You need not be sorry, daughter.' Jewels in themselves are the merest nothings to me, and as for the rest, it doesn't matter. I can remember my mother without any help from a trinket. There were tears, however, in Mrs. Montgomery's eyes, that showed the sacrifice had cost her something, and there were tears in Ellen's, that told it was not thrown away upon her. "'I am sorry you should know of this,' continued Mrs. Montgomery. "'You should not, if I could have helped it.' but set your heart quite at rest ellen i assure you this use of my ring gives me more pleasure on the whole than any other i could have made of it a grateful squeeze of her hand and a glance into her face was ellen's answer mrs montgomery had applied to her husband for the funds necessary to fit ellen comfortably for the time they should be absent and in answer he had given her a sum barely sufficient for her mere clothing mrs montgomery knew him better than to ask for a further supply but she resolved to have recourse to other means to do what she had determined upon now that she was about to leave her little daughter anna might beat forever she had set her heart upon providing her with certain things which she thought important to her comfort and improvement and which ellen would go very long without if she did not give them to her and now ellen had had very few presents in her life and those always of the simplest and cheapest kind Her mother resolved that in the midst of the bitterness of this time she would give her one pleasure, if she could. It might be the last. They stopped next at a bookstore. Oh, what a delicious smell of new books, said Ellen, as they entered. Mama, if it wasn't for one thing, I should say I was never so happy in my life. Children's books lying in tempting confusion near the door immediately fastened Ellen's eyes and attention. She opened one, and was already deep in the interest of it, when the word Bibles struck her ear. Mrs. Montgomery was desiring the shopman to show her various kinds and sizes, that she might choose from among them. Down went Ellen's book, and she flew to the place where a dozen different Bibles were presently displayed. Ellen's wits were ready to forsake her. Such beautiful Bibles she had never seen. She poured an ecstasy over their varieties of type and binding, and was very evidently in love with them all. "'Now, Ellen,' said Mrs. Montgomery, "'look and choose. Take your time and see what you like best.' it was not likely that ellen's time would be a short one her mother seeing this took a chair at a little distance to await patiently her decision and while ellen's eyes were riveted on the bibles her own very naturally were fixed upon her in the excitement and eagerness of the moment ellen had thrown off her little bonnet and with flushed cheek and sparkling eye and a brow grave with unusual care as though a nation's fate were deciding she was weighing the comparative advantages of large small and middle-sized Black, blue, purple, and red. gilt and not guilt. Clasp and no clasp. Everything but the Bibles before her Ellen had forgotten utterly. She was deep in what was to her the most important of business. She did not see the bystander's smile. She did not know there were any. To her mother's eye it was a most fair sight. Mrs. Montgomery gazed with rising emotions of pleasure and pain that struggled for the mastery. But pain at last got the better, and rose very high. "'How can I give thee up?' was the one thought of her heart. Unable to command herself, she rose and went to a distant part of the counter, where she seemed to be examining books. But tears, some of the bitterest she had ever shed, were falling thick upon the dusty floor, and she felt her heart like to break. Her little daughter at one end of the counter had forgotten there ever was such a thing as sorrow in the world, and she at the other was bowed beneath a weight of it that was nigh to crush her, But in her extremity she betook herself to that refuge she had never known to fail. It did not fail her now. She remembered the words that Ellen had been reading to her but that very morning, and they came like the breath of heaven upon the fever of her soul. Not my will, but thine be done. She strove and prayed to say it, and not in vain, and after a little while she was able to return to her seat. She felt that she had been shaken by a tempest, but she was calmer now than before. "'Ellen was just as she had left her, and apparently just as far from coming to any conclusion. Mrs. Montgomery was resolved to let her take her way. Presently Ellen came over from the counter with a large royal octavo Bible, heavy enough to be a good lift for her. "Mamma," said she, laying it on her mother's lap and opening it, "'what do you think of that? Isn't that splendid?' "'A most beautiful page, indeed. Is this your choice, Ellen?' "'Well, Mama, I don't know. What do you think?' I think it is rather inconveniently large and heavy for every-day use. It is quite a weight upon my lap. I shouldn't like to carry it in my hands long. You would want a little table on purpose to hold it." "'Well, that will not do at all,' said Ellen, laughing. "'I believe you are right, Mamma. I wonder I didn't think of it. I might have known that myself.' She took it back, and there followed another careful examination of the whole stock. And then Ellen came to her mother with a beautiful miniature edition, and two volumes, "'gilt and clasped, and very perfect in all respects, "'but of exceeding small print. "'I think I'll have this, Mamma said she. "'Isn't it a beauty? "'I could put it in my pocket, you know, "'and carry it anywhere with the greatest ease.' "'It would have but one great objection to me,' said Mrs. Montgomery, "'inasmuch as I cannot possibly see to read it. "'Cannot you, mamma? "'But I can read it perfectly.' "'Well, my dear, take it. "'That is, if you will make up your mind to put on spectacles before your time.' "'Spectacles, mamma. I hope I shall never have to wear spectacles. What do you propose to do when your sight fails, if you shall live so long?' "'Well, mamma, if it comes to that—but you don't advise me, then, to take this little beauty? Judge for yourself. I think you are old enough.' "'I know what you think, though, mamma, and I dare say you are right, too. I won't take it, though it's a pity. Well I must look again.' Mrs. Montgomery came to her help, for it was plain Ellen had lost the power of judging amidst so many tempting objects but she presently simplified the matter by putting aside all that were decidedly too large or too small, or of too fine print. There remained three of moderate size and sufficiently large type, but different binding. "'Either of these, I think, will answer your purpose nicely,' said Mrs. Montgomery. "'Then, Mamma, if you please, I will have the red one. I like that best, because it will put me in mind of yours.' Mrs. Montgomery could find no fault with this reason. She paid for the red Bible, and directed it to be sent home— "'Shan't I carry it, Mamma?" said Ellen. "'No, you would find it in the way. "'We have several things to do yet.' "'Have we, Mamma? "'I thought we only came to get a Bible. "'That is enough for one day, I confess. "'I am a little afraid your head will be turned. "'But I must run the risk of it. "'I dare not lose the opportunity of this fine weather. "'I may not have such another. "'I wish to have the comfort of thinking, "'when I am away, "'that I have left you with everything necessary "'to the keeping up of good habits, "'everything that will make them pleasant and easy.' I wish you to be always neat, and tidy, and industrious, depending upon others as little as possible, and careful to improve yourself by every means, and especially by writing to me. I will leave you no excuse, Ellen, for failing in any of these duties. I trust you will not disappoint me in a single particular." Ellen's heart was too full to speak. She again looked up tearfully, and pressed her mother's hand. "'I do not expect to be disappointed, love,' returned Mrs. Montgomery. They now entered a large fancy store. What are we to get here, mamma? said Ellen. A box to put your pens and paper in, said her mother, smiling. Oh, to be sure, said Ellen. I had almost forgotten that. She quite forgot it a minute after. It was the first time she had seen the inside of such a store, and the articles displayed on every side completely bewitched her. From one thing to another she went, admiring and wondering. In her wildest dreams she had never imagined such beautiful things. The store was fairyland. Mrs. Montgomery, meanwhile, attended to business. Having chosen a neat little japanned dressing-box, perfectly plain, but well supplied with everything a child could want in that line, she called Ellen from the delightful journey of discovery she was making round the store, and asked her what she thought of it. "'I think it's a little beauty,' said Ellen, "'but I never saw such a place for beautiful things.' "'You think it will do, then?' said her mother. "'For me, mamma? You don't mean to give it to me. "'Oh, Mother, how good you are!' "'but I know what is the best way to thank you, and I'll do it. "'What a perfect little beauty. "'Mama, I'm too happy.' "'I hope not,' said her mother, "'for you know I haven't gotten you the box for your pens and paper yet. "'Well, Mama, I'll try and bear it,' said Ellen, laughing. "'But do get me the plainest little thing in the world, "'for you're giving me too much.' "'Mrs. Montgomery asked to look at writing-desks, "'and was shown to another part of the store for the purpose. "'Mama,' said Ellen, in a low tone, as they went, "'you're not going to get me a writing-desk.' Why, that is the best kind of box for holding writing materials, said her mother, smiling. Don't you think so? I don't know what to say, exclaimed Ellen. I can't thank you, Mama. I haven't any words to do it. I think I shall go crazy. She was truly overcome with the weight of happiness. Words failed her, and tears came instead. From among a great many desks of all descriptions, Mrs. Montgomery with some difficulty succeeded in choosing one to her mind. It was of mahogany, not very large, but thoroughly well made and finished, and very convenient and perfect in its internal arrangements. Ellen was speechless. Occasional looks at her mother and deep sighs were all she had now to offer. The desk was quite empty. Ellen, said her mother, do you remember the furniture of Miss Allen's desk that you were so pleased with a while ago? Perfectly, Mamma. I know all that was in it. Well, then, you must prompt me if I forget anything. Your desk will be furnished with everything really useful. Merely showy matters we can dispense with. Now let us see. Here's a great empty place that I think wants some paper to fill it. Show me some of different sizes, if you please. The shopman obeyed, and Mrs. Montgomery stocked the desk well with letter-paper, large and small. Ellen looked on in great satisfaction. That will do nicely, she said. "'That large paper will be beautiful whenever I am writing to you, Mamma. you know, and the other will do for other times, when I haven't so much to say. Though I am sure I don't know who there is in the world I should ever send letters to, except you.' "'If there is nobody now, perhaps there will be at some future time,' replied her mother. "'I hope I shall not always be your only correspondent.' "'Now what next?' "'Envelopes, Mamma. "'To be sure, I had forgotten them. Envelopes of both sizes to match.' Because, mamma, you know I might, and I certainly shall, want to write upon the fourth page of my letter. And I couldn't do it unless I had envelopes. A sufficient stock of envelopes was laid in. Mamma, said Ellen, what do you think of a little note paper? Who are the notes to be written to, Ellen? said Mrs. Montgomery, smiling. You needn't smile, mamma, you know, as you said, if I don't know now, perhaps I shall buy and by. Miss Ellen's desk had notepaper. That made me think of it. So shall yours, daughter. "'While we are about it we will do the thing well, and your notepaper will keep quite safely in this nice little place provided for it, even if you should not want to use a sheet of it in a half a dozen years.' "'How nice that is!' said Ellen admiringly. "'I suppose a paper must have envelopes, too,' said Mrs. Montgomery. "'To be sure, Mamma, I suppose so,' said Ellen, smiling. "'Miss Allen's had.' "'Well, now we have got all the paper we want, I think,' said Mrs. Montgomery. "'The next thing is ink—or an inkstand, rather.' "'Different kinds were presented for her choice. "'Oh, mamma, that one won't do,' said Ellen anxiously. "'You know the desk will be knocking about in a trunk, "'and the ink would run out and spoil everything. "'It should be one of those that shut tight. "'I don't see the right kind here.' "'The shopman brought one. "'There, mamma, do you see?' said Ellen. "'It shuts with a spring, and nothing can possibly come out. "'Do you see, mamma? You can turn it topsy-turvy. "'I see you are quite right, daughter. "'It seems I should get on very ill without you to advise me.' Fill the inkstand, if you please. Mama, what shall I do when my ink is gone? That inkstand will hold but a little, you know. Your aunt will supply you, of course, my dear, when you are out. I'd rather take some of my own by half, said Ellen. You could not carry a bottle of ink in your desk without great danger to everything else in it. It would not do to venture. We have excellent ink powder," said the shopman, and small packages, which can be very conveniently carried about. You see, ma'am, there is a compartment in the desk for such things, and the ink is very easily made at any time. "'Oh, that will do nicely,' said Ellen. "'That is just the thing. Now what is to go in this other square place, opposite the inkstand?" said Mrs. Montgomery. "'That is a place for the box of lights, Mamma. "'What sort of lights?' "'For sealing letters, Mamma, you know. They are not like your wax-taper at all. They are little wax-matches that burn just long enough to seal one or two letters. Miss Ellen showed me how she used them.' Hers were in a nice little box, just like the inkstand on the outside, and there was a place to light the matches, and a place to set them in while they were burning. "'There, Mamma, that's it,' said Ellen, as the shopman brought forth the article which she was describing. "'That's it, exactly, and that will just fit. "'Now, Mamma, for the wax.' "'You want to seal your letter before you have written it,' said Mrs. Montgomery. "'We have not got the pens yet.' "'That's true, Mamma. Let us have the pens. And some quills, too, Mamma. "'Do you know how to make a pen, Ellen?' No, mamma, Not yet, but I want to learn very much. Miss Pigrew says that every lady ought to know how to make her own pens. Miss Pigrew is very right, but I think you are rather too young to learn. However, we will try. Now here are steel points enough to last you a great while, and as many quills as it is needful you should cut up for one year at least. We haven't a pen-handle yet. Here, mamma said Ellen, holding out a plain ivory one. Don't you like this? I think it is prettier than these that are all cut and fussed. "'or those other gay ones, either.' "'I think so, too, Ellen, the plainer the prettier. "'Now what comes next?' "'The knife, Mamma, to make the pen,' said Ellen, smiling. "'True, the knife. "'Let us see some of your best pen knives. "'Now, Ellen, choose. "'That one won't do, my dear. "'It should have two blades, a large as well as a small one. "'You know you want to mend a pencil sometimes.' "'So I do, Mamma. to be sure. "'You're very right. "'Here's a nice one. "'Now, Mamma, the wax. "'There is a box full. "'Choose your own colors.' Seeing it was likely to be a work of time, Mrs. Montgomery walked away to another part of the store. When she returned, Ellen had made up an assortment of the oddest colors she could find. "'I won't have any red, Mama. It is so common,' she said. "'I think it is the prettiest of all,' said Mrs. Montgomery. "'Do you, Mama? Then I will have a stick of red on purpose to seal to you with.' "'And who do you intend shall have the benefit of the other colors?' inquired her mother. "'I declare, Mama,' said Ellen, laughing, "'I never thought of that.' I am afraid they will have to go to you. You must not mind, Mamma, if you get green, and blue, and yellow seals once in a while.' "'I dare say I shall submit myself to it with a good grace,' said Mrs. Montgomery. "'But come, my dear, have we got all that we want? This desk has been very long in furnishing. You haven't given me a seal yet, Mamma. "'Seals! There are a variety before you. See if you could find one that you like. By the way, you cannot seal a letter, can you?' Not yet, mamma, said Ellen, smiling again. That is another of the things I have got to learn. Then I think you had better have some wafers in the meantime. While Ellen was picking out her seal, which took not a little time, mrs Montgomery laid in a good supply of wafers of all sorts, and then went on further to furnish the desk with an ivory leaf-cutter, a paper folder, a pounce-box, a ruler, and a neat little silver pencil, also some drawing-pencils, india-rubber, and sheets of drawing-paper. SHE TOOK A SAD PLEASURE IN ADDING EVERYTHING SHE COULD THINK OF THAT MIGHT BE FOR ELLEN'S FUTURE USE OR ADVANTAGE, BUT AS WITH HER OWN HAND SHE PLACED IN THE DESK, ONE THING AFTER ANOTHER, THE THOUGHT CROSSED HER MIND, HOW ELLEN WOULD MAKE DRAWINGS WITH THOSE VERY PENCILS, ON THOSE VERY SHEETS OF PAPER WHICH HER EYES WOULD NEVER SEE. SHE TURNED AWAY WITH A SIGH, AND RECEIVING ELLEN'S SEAL FROM HER HAND, PUT THAT ALSO IN ITS PLACE. ELLEN HAD CHOSEN ONE WITH HER OWN NAME. "'Will you send these things at once?' said Mrs. Montgomery. "'I particularly wish to have them at home as early in the day as possible.' The man promised. Mrs. Montgomery paid the bill, and she and Ellen left the store. They walked a little way in silence. "'I cannot thank you, Mamma," said Ellen. "'It is not necessary, my dear child,' said Mrs. Montgomery, returning the pressure of her hand. "'I know all that you would say.' There was as much sorrow as joy at that moment in the heart of the joyfullest of the two. Where are we going now, Mamma?" said Ellen again, after a while. I wished and intended to have gone to St. Clair and Fleury's to get you some merino and other things, but we have been detained so long that I think I had better go home. I feel somewhat tired. I am very sorry, dear Mamma," said Ellen. I am afraid I kept you too long about that desk. You did not keep me, daughter, any longer than I chose to be kept, but I think I will go home now and take the chance of another fine day for the merino. End of chapter 3